Amen. Take your Bibles, turn to John chapter number eight. He came to me. Good song. Amen. John chapter number eight. When you find your place, we'll stand. If you can't find your place, you can stand and look for it while you're standing. I was trying to figure out where to start with these verses. There's some great verses in here. My text is in verse 29. But we're going to back up and read a little bit. How's that? Y'all okay with some Bible tonight? I hope so because that's all I've got. All I've got. Look at verse number um, 19. We're just going to jump in here. Then said they unto him, where is thy father? Jesus answered, you neither know me nor my father. If he had known me, you should have known my father also. <laughs> I believe Jesus was God, don't you? Okay, just making sure we're on the same page. These words spake Jesus in the treasury as he taught in the temple, and no man laid hands on him, for his hour was not yet come. Then said Jesus again unto them, I go my way, and you shall seek me, and shall die in your sins. Whither I go, you cannot come. Then said the Jews, will he kill himself? Because he saith, whither I go, you cannot come. And he said unto them, ye are from beneath, I'm from above. You're of this world, I am not of this world. I said therefore unto you, that ye shall die in your sins, for if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. Then said they unto him, who art thou? And Jesus saith unto them, even the same that I said unto you from the beginning. I have many things to say and to judge of you. But he that sent me is true. And I speak to the world those things which I have heard of him. They understood not that he spake to them of the Father. Then saith Jesus unto them, when ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am he. And that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. Verse 29, and he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. As he spake these words, many believed on him. Father, we thank you tonight for the opportunity to open the scriptures, open our hearts and our minds and our understanding. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for standing. You can be seated. There's so much doctrine in the verses we just read. It'd take about an hour in Bible college to touch on all of it. In fact, we have been in the Bible college. We've been talking about the deity of Christ, looking at the doctrine of Jesus Christ and the fact that he was God. And he is God. He was God. Amen. And uh, we're having a good time studying doctrines in the Bible that you can't figure out humanly with your logic and your IQ. You have to just accept the word of God by faith. And there's some great truths in here. But we read the other night, we read verse 29 in one of our classes. I think it was Monday night. And that verse really jumped off the page at me. And I told the guys, I said, I'm going to preach on that. I just got to have time to look, look at it. I hadn't had no time to look at it, but I'm preaching on it anyway. <clears throat> that is, a, this, verse number 29 is amazing. He that sent me, he that sent me, 
Well, look at verse 28. Then said Jesus unto them, What? When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, talking about the crucifixion, then shall you know that I am he. Boy, you could, you could preach a whole list of things that when he was crucified, they knew. They knew. I mean, a bunch of them. If I start on them, I'm going to get distracted, and I can't. But he said, when, you, when I'm lifted up, you'll know. You'll know. And he said... Um, that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. We see in verse number 28, the communication of the Father. A simple, simple outline of that. A lot of notes. You can look at them later. They'll be on the website. Just listen. We see the communication of the Father. As my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. Uh, that's what he said in verse 26. I speak to the world those things which I have heard of him. We see the communication of the Father. By the way, every preacher when he stands up to preach ought to only say and speak those things that the Father taught him. Amen? That's a good place to stay. We see the communication of the Father in verse 28. But then we see the commission of the Father in verse 29. And he that sent me, and he was sent by God, by the way. Jesus was sent by God. He was a man on a mission. He that sent me, Jesus lived every single day with the awareness that he was sent of God. He had no other agenda, no other mission, no other will but then to do the will of the Father. Him that sent me is with me. We see the company of the Father. He that sent me is with me. Aren't you thankful that when God sends you, he goes with you? <laughs> Aren't you thankful that when God commissions you, he doesn't send you off by yourself? Amen. In, in Matthew 28, he said, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. We see the commission of the Father, the company of the Father. He went on and expanded on that. He said, he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone. He hath not left us alone either. Amen. Aren't you thankful for that this evening? But then we see the concerns of the Father in the latter part of verse 29. For I do always those things that please him. That's the verse that's been nagging at me for the last three days. Imagine, stay with me, imagine what kind of church we would have. Imagine what kind of nation we would have if every born-again believer could say honestly, I do always those things that please him. What a testimony. I do always those things that please him. Always. I want to preach for a few minutes this evening on things that please him. Things that please him. Now, as I begin to just meditate, I've been meditating on this verse since Monday night, but I got in the office this afternoon after I went to the funeral home for the viewing over there in Essex. I got back over here, and I just began to look at how many places in the Bible it talks about the things that please God. And the Bible's very clear. <laughs> I'm going to get into my outline in just a minute. Simple, simple outline. But I made a list of things 
that God takes pleasure in. Now, that's not the same as the things that we can do that please him, which is what Jesus is talking about in verse number 29. I just looked up the words and the places of the things that God takes pleasure in. And here's why. Because if I want to please him, I ought to know what he takes pleasure in. We're coming up on Valentine's Day, men. Some of y'all look at me like you have no clue what I'm talking about. It's I don't believe in Valentine's Day. Well, forget Valentine's Day. Just buy her some flowers because you love her. I had a man tell me last year at Valentine's, he said, I was going to buy my wife some flowers, but the light changed. They're always selling trap flowers down here on, at the red light. Some of y'all still didn't get it. Lord of mercy. Do you know what pleases your wife? My wife don't like flowers. That's okay. Find out what she likes. She might just like a gift card to Salvation Army. You never know. You don't know. Find out what she likes. Find out what she takes pleasure in. If you love her, we're going somewhere with this. If you love her, you want to please her. You say, well, I don't know what she likes. Well, y'all need to go out on a date and put your phones, leave them in the truck and talk about stuff your wife likes. I was trying to find out what it was that God took pleasure in. So I just started looking up verses because there's a lot of things that brings the Lord pleasure for example, God takes pleasure in his son. <laughs> Mark 1.11, there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. God takes great pleasure in Jesus. In Colossians chapter number 1 and verse number 18 and 19, it says, And he that is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. He's talking about Jesus Christ. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. So God takes pleasure in his son. But secondly, God takes pleasure in his people. Here's what the Bible says in Psalm 149 verse 4. For the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. That's pretty plain, isn't it? The Lord taketh pleasure in his people. See, we are his people. Before we got saved, we were not a people, Peter said. We were not a people, but are now the people of God. Right. David said like this in Psalm 23, we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Right. And he takes pleasure in his people. Amen. 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 Psalm 147, 11, the Lord taketh pleasure in them that fear him and those that hope in his mercy. Lord takes pleasure in his people. But Lord, God takes, thirdly, God takes pleasure in the prosperity of his people. So I'm gonna read the verse, but we got people today that act like that God wants them to have nothing, be nothing, be, be sick and all the time and poor all the time and broke all the time and discouraged all the time and depressed all the time and have the mully grubs all the time and be in a bad mood all the time. I think when I read my Bible, 
Here's what the Bible says in Psalm chapter 35, verse 27. Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually. Let them say continually. Let the Lord be magnified, which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Number four, God takes pleasure in working in the lives of his people. Huh? In Philippians chapter two, verse 13, Paul said, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Now see, that makes a great, we make a great team right there, Brother Lato, because I take pleasure in God working in my life. Most of the time. Can I say it? Most of the time. Most of the time, I take great pleasure in God working in my life. But God takes great pleasure in working in our lives. He likes work. He likes He likes working in you and working on you. Ephesians 2 says we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. God enjoys working on you. Now, I like like putting boards together. I like cutting boards and and wood and nailing them together and making stuff pretty. I like doing that. I enjoy doing that. I enjoyed building these pediments over these doors this week. Set it out on the table, call out all these measurements. And me and Brother Leader, we worked and cut and we, we sawed boards and we nailed them together and fastened them together. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed doing it. I enjoyed planning it. I enjoyed picturing it in my mind. And after I got it nailed to the wall, I enjoyed standing back and looking at it. And I enjoy you standing back and looking at it. Huh? And that's just, that's just some old cheap lumber from Home Depot. God enjoys, he takes pleasure working in your life. He enjoys thinking about it. He enjoys planning it. He enjoys orchestrating it. He enjoys the preachers that he puts in your life and the, and the situations and the circumstances that he puts in your life and to watch you watch you grow and watch you be conformed. He enjoys working. He takes pleasure in conforming you to the image of his son. He will stand back and look at you. Amen. A trophy of the grace of God. He takes pleasure in working in us. That's the only way I know to explain it. He likes it. God likes making stuff. Just start in Genesis chapter number one and see how far you get before you find God making stuff. Huh? He loves it. He loves working in your life. He loves changing you. He loves transforming you. He loves cutting the rough edges off of you. We'd cut a board and put it up there and I'd say it's a little bit too long. Cut a little bit off. Don't look right. Don't fit right. Let's get it right. I like to make joints so tight the caulk man don't have nothing to do. That's what I like. And God's going to work on me and you and he's going to just keep adjusting and fixing stuff. Now you can sit there swelled up like a bullfrog because you don't want him to or you can yield yourself to the working of God and let God have his will and way in your life. Because God takes pleasure in working in us. (laughs) I've been saved since 1976. He's still working on me. 
Amen. I don't think it's because he's got big plans for me. I'm just hard to work with, I think. Takes pleasure in working with his people. Galatians 1.15, number next, God takes pleasure in calling men to preach. Paul said in Galatians 1.15, but when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace. God takes great pleasure in calling folks into the ministry. Is everybody still with me? But it goes on in 1 Corinthians chapter number one and verse number 21. He not only takes pleasure in calling men to preach, but then he takes great pleasure in seeing people saved through the preaching of those that he's called. Amen. Amen. That's what 1 Corinthians one twenty one says. Uh, but after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. <laughs> so God likes saving people. He likes working on them. He likes calling them to preach. And he likes watching lost people get saved through the foolishness of the people that he's just called to preach. God takes pleasure in setting members in the body. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 18, but now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased him. Mm. Members in the body. God puts you in the body and he enjoyed doing that, took pleasure in that. Amen. I'm just looking at things God takes pleasure in. But getting back over here to our text this evening in chapter, chapter number eight of the book of John, verse 29, Jesus made a statement there that all of us ought to strive to be able to make. For I do always those things that please him. What a statement. Three simple points tonight. We see, first of all, the directive to please him. We have been commanded. We have been directed to live a life that pleases God. I got to thinking about it in Hebrews chapter number 11 and verse number five. We've got an example of an Old Testament saint that lived way back at the beginning of the Old Testament by a man by the name of Enoch. Stay with me now. Enoch did not have a Bible. Not one page of it. He did not have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. He did not have a local church. He didn't have a pastor. He didn't have a church family. He didn't have a Christian school. He didn't have a youth group. He did not have, he did not have anything that we've got today except for God, a relationship with God. That's all he had. I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to say Enoch never went to a single revival. Enoch never went to a Bible conference. He never went to one youth rally. He never watched one preaching video on YouTube, I'm pretty sure. He never listened to one preaching CD in his chariot. They probably didn't have CD players in them back then. They probably didn't even have eight-track tape players in them back then. Not one message, not, not, not one. He never heard a youth choir sing. He never heard a church choir sing. I'm going out on a limb here. I'm going to say that Enoch probably never held a hymn book in his hand. 
And yet the Bible says in Hebrews 11 verse 5, by faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Imagine being able to please God without all that stuff I just named. And we got Christians today whining and belly aching and complaining because they act like they don't know how to please God. The directive to please. And we got an Old Testament saint, an example of an Old Testament saint that had none of the resources that we have today. But then you get over to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 4, and here's what Paul said. Paul said in 2 Timothy 2, 4, no man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. So when God called us and God saved us, he enlisted us in the army of God. It is simply understood that as soldiers, we should strive to please the Lord in all that we do. I doubt very seriously, those of you that were in the military when you were in basic training, I doubt very seriously at four o'clock in the morning, the drill instructor ever came into your dorms and woke you up, kicked you on the, on the, on the end of the bed and said, hey, wake up. What you want to do today? What you want to do? Today, it's all about you. First thing you'd have said was, I want to go back to bed, get out of here, turn the light off on the way out. That's the first thing you'd have said. Then the next thing you'd have said was, we're going to skip that 10-mile hike. Amen, that run. Amen. And we're going to get about three or four good plates of food at breakfast instead of whatever the cook decides to plop on my tray. Amen. I mean, they don't come in there when you're soldiers and ask you, what do you want to do today? How, how may we please you? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Could you imagine the snowflakes that enroll in the military today? The wake-up call. Can you imagine when Reveille blows and they wake up? Woo, you're not in Kansas anymore, Dorothy. They don't ask the soldier what they can do to please the soldier. The, the soldier is enlisted in order to please the master. By the way, Hebrews 11:6 6 is pretty clear about this directive. Without faith is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, that he's a rewarder of them to diligently seek him. So we've got the directive. Well, a lot of verses we can look at, but we're just hitting the highlights tonight. As a child of God, we are expected and directed to live a life that's pleasing unto God. Jesus set an excellent example here. I do always those things that please him. But not only do we see the directive, but secondly, we see the deeds. The deeds that please him. The Bible gives us some clues. The Bible gives us some clear direction. And like Jesus, we should strive to please the Lord in all that we do. And there are several verses of scripture that tells us what we can do to please the Lord. I didn't say what we can be. Positionally, we're already seated in the heavenlies. Positionally, in the mind of God, we are already in heaven. Amen. We're already there. He's not saying what you can be. He's talking about what you can do to please the Lord. Colossians 1.10 tells us we can please him with our walk. 
He says, walk, Colossians 1.10, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. You want to please God? You want to please the Lord? Walk worthy of the Lord. Walk worthy of the Lord. You say, I'm a Christian. Walk like it. I'm a Christian. Act like it. Represent the Lord to a lost and dying world in a way that doesn't bring shame and reproach on him. Walk worthy of the Lord to all pleasing. Being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Well, there's so much about God we don't know. Come on, y'all. There's so much about God we don't know. We got the Bible college here and we're going four hours on Monday night and four hours on Tuesday night and four hours on Thursday night and we're sitting there and we're teaching and we're studying and we're looking up verses and every single week my mind is blown. My mind is blown about how big and powerful and awesome and mighty my God is. I told them last night, I said, I do two hours on Monday night from 8 to 10 and two hours on Tuesday night from 8 to 10. And we got all these other men teaching. Brother Caleb teaches on Monday night. Brother Berner teaches on two, two hours on Tuesday night. And Brother Lee and Brother Leto, they teach on Thursday night for a couple of hours each. But man, we was in there last night and I was so tired after working in here all day. I said, it's probably going to be a short class. I'm tired. Well, we got to reading those verses and we got to studying those verses and talking about those verses and we went over. It was awesome. Talking about increasing in knowledge. You want to walk worthy of the Lord? Learn more about him. Learn what he likes. Learn, what, learn how God thinks and learn how God looks at things and learn how, how God operates and learn what God expects. And he says, you'll walk worthy unto all pleasing. Please him with our walk. We can please him to, secondly by sharing the gospel. Well, I thought I'd get at least a grunt out of that. We had a busload went soul winning a day. And we had some great reports and some seed that was sown and some tears that were shed and some, some hearts that were touched this afternoon and soul winning. But Paul said in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse number 4, but as we are allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God which trieth our hearts. What did he say? You want to please God? Speak the gospel. Share the gospel. Witness to people. Tell them what Jesus did for them on the cross. Ask them about their soul. Give them a gospel track. Engage people in one-on-one -on -one personal evangelism. God is pleased with that. They may not be pleased, but that's okay. God's pleased. And that's exactly what Paul said. We speak not as pleasing men, but pleasing God. Amen. Just stay faithful. Stay faithful. Please God by sharing the gospel. Number three, young people, you please him by obeying your parents. You say, I want to please the Lord. Sitting in the service on a Wednesday night, preacher, you got me, you got me excited about pleasing the Lord. I want to please him. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is well-pleasing unto him. Well, the Bible says, Colossians 3.20, 
Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. You want to please the Lord? Obey your parents. He said, well, I was hoping you'd give me something easy. I hate to break it to you, young people, but that's about as easy as it gets. Obeying your parents is a whole lot easier than submitting to your husband. Ooh, did you feel it clench up? Did you feel it clench up? I felt it just, I felt it just grind to a halt right there. Am I right? Obeying your parents is easier than submitting to your husband? I don't know why I'm looking at these guys. They don't know them have a husband. <laughs> they all have a wife and they can't move their head one way or the other. They won't get no supper for a week. <laughs> Children, obey your parents. That pleases the Lord. When your parents say, I want you to go make up your bed and you just turn around and go in your room and make your bed up. See, that's not that hard, and that's not a real big deal, but that pleases the Lord. You know, it don't, what don't please him is when you stand there and argue or talk back or complain or whine or even worse, when they say you made your bed up and you say, yes, ma'am, and you hadn't, and you lie about it. Or you just take your bed spread and you just kind of pull it up and throw it up over your pillow and you call that making up your bed. Y'all need to go to boot camp and learn how to make up a bed. That's right. If you can't bounce a quarter off of it, it ain't made up right. I wasn't in the military, but my parents made me learn to do it that way. My, pic, my bed always looked like a picture in a magazine of a bed. Bed spread, pillows. What are we talking about? I don't know. We're talking about obeying your parents. When you get home from school and your parents say, go to the table and do your homework and you go do your homework, see, that might not seem like a big deal, but that pleases the Lord. I bet Jesus didn't have to do all that. Read Luke 2 and tell me he didn't do all that. Jesus, who was so obsessed with doing the will of God, that's what we're preaching about, that for three days unsupervised, parents left him in Luke 2, and they came back, they said, we're looking everywhere for you. He said, I don't know what you're looking for me for. That's what he said. I don't know what you're looking for me for. Wist thou not that I must be about my father's business? You should have looked here first. And the Bible says he went home and subjected himself unto them. I believe I'm, I believe I'm right on that. Now, my Bible's over there, but I believe that's what it says in Luke 2, right about two or three verses from the end, if I'm not mistaken. Am I right? Some of these young people don't think I'm right. Let me see what this says. Yep, yep, next to the last verse, Luke 2. He went down with them, came to Nazareth, and was subject unto them. You know what that means? Obedient. Jesus was obedient to Joseph and Mary, and he expects you to be obedient to your parents too. That pleases the Lord. Amen. Well, we beat that horse long enough. Let's move on. Please him, number four, by magnifying and praising his name. He likes it. He likes it. In Psalm chapter 69, in verse number 30 and 31, the psalmist said, I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. This also shall please the Lord better than an ox or a bullock that hath horns and hooves. 
What a verse. He said, the Lord gets more pleasure out of me just saying, I love you, Lord. You're awesome. Glory. Hallelujah. He said, he gets more pleasure out of that than me killing something with horns and hooves and putting it on the fire. It's pretty deep, isn't it? It's pretty deep. Hebrews 13, this is New Testament. He said in verse 15 and 16, by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise. We're back to sacrifices again. God don't want you to go home and kill a bull or a goat or a lamb and put it on a pile of rocks and burn it. He said, offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name, but to do good and to communicate, forget not, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. You want to please the Lord? Magnify and praise his name. He likes it. He likes it. Amen. Let me give you this quickly and I'm done. We see the dividends of pleasing him. Several verses in the Bible tells us some things that will happen to those that please the Lord. Let me just give you two of them. Proverbs 16, 7. When a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. <laughs> he said, I sure do wish my enemies would be at peace with me. Do your ways please the Lord? I believe that's kind of how that works. Huh? When a man's ways please the Lord. Now, I know that's, that's don't come up to me after the service and say, I want you to explain that verse to me. I ain't explaining nothing. I'm just telling you what it says. Is that not what it says? When a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. Hmm? That's what it says. That's what it says. Peace is achieved. We're talking about the dividends. Peace is achieved when your ways please the Lord. Not when your ways please all your enemies. No, that ain't what it says. I wouldn't even try that. I wouldn't even fool with that. In fact, I got a new slogan. You do whatever you want to do, and I'm going to do whatever I want to do. You can't do whatever you want to do and then turn around and tell me what I got to do. That's not how that works, okay? You want to go crazy, and you want to go out in the world, and you want to live like the devil? Knock yourself out, but don't expect me to sign off on it. See, you do what you want to do. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to please the Lord and not worry about my enemies. And God said, if my ways please the Lord, even the enemies will be at peace with you. I like that verse. That's a promise. And if that verse ain't true, none of the Bible's true. <laughs> Y'all believe the Bible, don't you? Amen. Amen. Dividends of pleasing him, peace is achieved. But number two, prayers are answered. Here's what the Bible says in 1 John chapter 3 and verse number 22. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. That's not a promise. That's a promise. That's the dividends. That's the payoff. That's the byproduct of living a life that is committed wholly to pleasing God. You get down to pray. 
God's going to answer your prayer. Now you put yourself, just if you can, bear with me, this feeble, carnal, silly illustration. Put yourself in God's place just for a second. You got kids. If you had a child that did everything you told them to do when you told them to do it with a good attitude, and their whole day, every time you turned around, they were trying to find a way to please you and serve you. And then at the end of the day, they come up to you and say, Daddy, could I, could I get 10 bucks from you tomorrow? We're going to Chick-fil-A. I'm running a little low. You tell me which one of your daddies would say, no. After they've done that all day. You'd say, Chick-fil-A, my hind leg. I'm taking you to the steakhouse. Forget Chick-fil-A. Amen. Forget waffle fries. We're going to go get a steak and baked potato. You've been so well behaved. You've been so good. I'm going to give you whatever you want. That's what we would do. That's what I do. If I had any kids that deserved it, that's what I'd do. (laughs) That's what I would do if I had kids like that. God said, hey, if you will do what I tell you and you will please me in all your ways when you pray, I'll answer your prayer. Whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things which are pleasing in his sight. I just don't know if it's worth it, preacher. I just don't know if it's worth it. That's hard. All the things you gave us, that's hard. For I do always those things that please me. Good night, preacher. That's hard. Sounds like a good situation to me. I wonder tonight with heads bowed and eyes closed, do you do those things which please him? I'm not asking you if you do those things which please yourself about 90% of the time and then a couple times a week you try to do something that you know God wants you to do. I'm talking about have a testimony like Jesus. I do always those things that please him. I do always those things which please him.